Also, I got a few words also during worship. Um, I'm just going to say, I hate to call you out, but I feel like I'm supposed to say it. Rodney, during worship, actually it was this morning, and when I was in prayer, I had this picture of you lifting weights with Jesus and the Father, and you were jacked. Like, you were ripped. I mean, I, maybe Will was there, too. He, I mean, maybe he was training. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but I just saw you in your jack. And I just, like, you were getting up after doing this, like, amazing bench press. And you were just, like, you, like, flexed your arm. And the father's like, whoa, look at that. And he, like, puts his, like, hand on your arm. Like, you see that? And he's going around the gym, like, do you see how strong my son is? You see how strong he is? So right now, I'm just, like, pouring that over you. You have the strength you have the strength of a thousand men. You do. Like in the spirit, you do. You have so much strength. You have so much courage. And then the spirit, that's how the Father sees you. Yeah. And that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And uh, Brianna, um, actually, like when you like put your hand on me, I had this picture of you also with the Father. I just feel like sonship, daughtership is just like flowing today. And I just saw you, and I just saw like you were like uh, as a little girl, like with like a coloring book. And like it was just, I just saw like a lot of pink. And you were coloring outside the lines. And the Father's just saying like, it's okay to color outside the lines. Like, you know, like I, I and, and I feel like this is a season where like there's like this childlike wonder and joy um, that's coming. And that not just coming, that is here now, that is coming. So I just pour that over you, that joy, joy, joy. And thank you for praying for me. I just, I got blessed just when you just put your, your hand on me. So thank you. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're like, want to feel better, just ask God for some, some words of uh, knowledge and prophecy. <laughs> it's fun to encourage people. It's uplifting. Yeah. All right, so I want to pray real quick before we get going. So, Lord, thank you so much. We just acknowledge your presence, that you are right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, you are right here, right now. Lord, we pray that, uh, that you are moving in your word, <laughs> that there are healings that are happening in this room. We thank you that the healings that have started during worship, since that there were healings that were happening during worship, um, and that you're going to complete them throughout this service. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am here <laughs> to deliver this message. Jesus Christ's love conquers all things. Spiritual, emotional, and physical. He conquers all things. He conquers not just in the next age. He conquered in this age. <laughs> because we have been saved, <laughs> we are being saved, and we will be saved. That was one of the mottos of the early first and second century church that they found in uh, old manuscripts. So... One of my earliest memories as a child was my face being in, a, in the menacing clutches of an oxygen mask. At the age of four, it was required for me several times a day to breathe in this oxygen that was infused with medicine to help my lungs breathe because they were under the captivity of asthma and microscopic allergens that were in the air. 
If you can imagine the image of this little boy, his face overtaken by this machine, you no doubt will have pity on this picture, thinking that this little boy's future life will be hard and a very unusual one. <laughs> but by age four, by the power of God, I had already come death several times, defied numerous doctors, and God was just getting started <laughs> in destroying the works of the devil in my life. Under this limiting apparatus, at the time, I dreamed of being normal and healthy. I'm not going to lie, at the time, it seemed so far away. But our loving Father was determined to break me free of the chokehold of asthma and allergies that was on my life. <laughs> Conquering sickness, the effects of the kingdom of darkness, is not just a miracle, it is your God-given birthright. You are not a weak slave of sickness or circumstance. Your identity is a conqueror. You are a conqueror. In fact, you're more than a conqueror <laughs> because you have conquered the heart of the king of the universe, Jesus Christ. And nothing in this life can defeat his love. <laughs> so I'm going to read from Romans 8, uh, 31. Sorry, I like completely rewrote this last night, so I don't even, didn't even have time to even send it to the, to the team. So. <laughs> uh, so just kind of maybe soak in this. Just kind of close your eyes and kind of just let this uh, come over you. So this is Romans 8.31. So what does this all mean if God has determined to stand with us? Tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Let me repeat that over again. He certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. What do you think he has to give? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them, not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. Even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing can diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, uh, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, 
Even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrative love is our glorious victory over everything. Victory over what? Everything. Does that include sickness? Yeah. Does that include finances? Does that include depression? Yeah. Does that include anxiety? Yes. <laughs> everything means everything. <laughs> so now I live with confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. That is a good passage. I'll tell you what, you know. All right, we're done. Let's up. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. That is good news. That is good news because there is a force. There is a person. There is a kingdom that wants to destroy you. The reason we experience sickness, the reason we experience depression, the reason we experience hardship, I would say most of the time is going to be, <laughs> is going to be because there is a kingdom trying to destroy you. And so that's why it's good news. <laughs> and I am a living testimony of that. Yeah, so as I told you, <laughs> at four years old, it was a pretty regular experience that I would have to have a, a breathing uh, apparatus and I would have to breathe in about 15 minutes of this, uh, this like medicine that would like open up my lungs. Um, and that was needed because um, I would start wheezing and I would, I would have a troubled breathing. Um, I also would have a lot of like phlegm that would start to like just kind of manifest. Uh, but at four years old, that actually was a pretty good time. <laughs> uh, so when I was born, uh, everything seemed fine at first, uh, but I started to become sick all the time as a baby. And so what the doctors you know, started realizing was that I had very severe allergies. Uh, and, but the weird thing about it um, was that I was displaying this at such a young age, within three or four months. Uh, and usually, uh, it, you know, allergens and like those allergies start to develop later in childhood. Um, but the doctors, <laughs> to quote them, uh, that I was actually an enigma. They had never really seen anything like this, a child having such severe allergies. I was allergic to pretty much all milk, um, all eggs. Uh, I think there were 17 different things that I was allergic to. Honestly, I probably was allergic to more. That, you know, this was again like 34 years ago. So um, they've discovered a lot more um, since then. Uh, but there were 17 main ones. So just to get an idea of like how bad this was, at 10 months, uh, you know, I've already have almost died once. 
Uh, so my mom's like, okay, we got to figure out, <laughs> like, what is he actually allergic to um, so we can start to combat this. And so she takes me to the top uh, allergy doctor in the state, and he's like, all right, we're going to do this prick test. Um, if you ever have allergens, you may have done it. Like, prick your arm, and they, like, put an allergen, like, in your blood system, and then you start to have a bump. Um, so my mom's like, you know, I know he's allergic to this stuff. Uh, maybe we should, like, do this in a hospital setting because it was just in a clinic. And the doctor got, like, really offended. And he was like, I know what I'm doing. I write more prescriptions for children than any other doctor in the state. And, right, and mom's like, okay, but, like, my child's the enigma, okay? <laughs> so, like, maybe we should do this in the hospital. And he got really mad, and he was like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> and so, anyways, they went through the test. I get a lump on my shoulder. This is, like, the egg allergen. It looks like a tumor. It's really just supposed to be a little bump. I literally, like, grew a tumor <laughs> um, just from the egg. And he's like, oh, my gosh. He said, <laughs> um, <laughs> this kid, this kid can't even touch an egg. Like you can't, you know, like that's how bad it was. And uh, but and my mom's like, okay, like, well, how's this gonna get better? And he's like, oh, it'll, it'll go away. And so he actually leaves early because it's his birthday, and he, you know, he just checks out. And so my mom's waiting in, um, you know, in the doctor's room, and then all of a sudden, like, I just pass out. I start having an asthma attack. Uh, I start turning blue. And the nurses, you know, they're in like a clinic, so they're, they're not ready for code blues. <laughs> they're not prepared for that. So they start freaking out. They don't know what to do. They end up, you know, <laughs> my mom said it was like this giant mobile phone. Uh, again, this is years and years ago. And they call the doctor like, hey, like, he's like driving. And they're like, what do we do? And like, well, you know, use an EpiPen. And they give me an EpiPen, uh, didn't do anything. And they're like, well, what do we do? It's not doing anything. And, like, they can see I'm getting bluer. And so they take another EpiPen, and that just got me back. <laughs> uh, so after that, my, my mom was like, mm, okay, like, I don't know if I'm, you know. <laughs> she, she was pretty concerned about taking um, to mainstream doctors. So she started taking uh, me to a uh, homeopathic doctor. And, uh, you know, there seems like there's some good breakthroughs. But... I got really sick again, um, and it was something to where the, the homeopathic doctor's like, look, like, my homeopathic methods, like, aren't going to, like, he's going to die if you don't go to the, the hospital. Like, and she's like, well, can I pick up my husband? No, like, you got to go to the hospital now. And so she uh, took me to the doctor. The doctor started, <laughs> like, ridiculing and shaming my mom for taking me to a homeopathic doctor. And, you know, they're pretty much like, yeah, like, he's going to go. Um, in, a, in a kind of a funny story in the midst of this, they actually sent the chaplain uh, to be with my mom because they thought, like, this is, this is the end. And uh, the chaplain's like, hey, I'm, I'm here to pray with you. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, like, that's great. Thank you. And they, like, hold hands, and he's kind of like, you can go. You can start whenever you want. <laughs> and she's like, what? Aren't you? Okay, whatever. So she starts praying, and, you know, she starts praying. She, you know, she's surrendering me to God, like, whatever that looks like, you know, your will be done. But then she starts also praying for healing, too. And the, the chaplain afterwards, like, wow, your faith. Like, where do you go to church? <laughs> and she's like, well, like, uh, I go to the vineyard. Uh, and, so, um, and so he like, wow, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it, it was like during this time, 
time where it was like I was so close to death. And so uh, my mom asked because, uh, you know, at this point I'm like on like the intercessory like watch like I'm uh, <laughs> like I am like posted I'm sure like like wanted like posters like um you know oh <laughs> you know one-year-old kid who's like on life support like I mean this is like intercessors unite um, across Columbus and uh so a couple of them from the church like asked like hey can, they, can we lay hands and pray for your son and my mom's like oh yes please come 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 and so she asked the doctors and doctors were like no like like we're not gonna do like we're not gonna let that happen and be, i mean i don't know why <laughs> uh, but they they just wouldn't let it happen and uh, so the intercessors and my mom um literally went up to the door where i was like you know trying to fight for my life and they just laid their hands on the door and just started pleading the blood of jesus pleading the blood of jesus and so uh i made it <laughs> Shocker, yeah. <laughs> so, but here we go. At this point, it's like I'm a year, year and a half years old, and, um, you know, this is not a good start uh, to life. Now, that first doctor, you know, after he actually, he actually had to drive back um, after that whole incident to, like, actually check me out, and he told my mom, he's like, hey, like, I've never seen anything like this. Your son is gonna to have to take medicine all the time for the rest of his life. Now, my mom's a pretty passive person, and I believe the Spirit of God like rose up in her. She'd been going to church. She was a relatively newer Christian, but she'd been going to church, and she knew the authority she had, and something rose up in her, and she's like, I do not receive that in the name of Jesus. I do not receive that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. And uh, uh, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, and so that's, uh, you know, it wasn't the only report. I was told I was told I would never do sports. I would never run. I would have a special diet for the rest of my life. Um, you know, numerous things that maybe I would have to have to go to like a special school um, because, you know, I, you know, will touch dust and, you know, look at an egg and I'll die or something. Like, I mean, it was, I was getting to the point where like they were contemplating having to do some sort of like bubble boy. I'm like not even joking. Like it was getting to like, they were like, you know, hypothesizing like, oh, how could we make this work? Um, and so it wasn't about until I was two and a half where a major breakthrough happened. Um, and honestly, a lot of times with the road of healing, um, sometimes you have instantaneous healing. Um, you have one major breakthrough. Sometimes it's a couple breakthroughs. And for me, it was, it took a couple breakthroughs, but this was the first one and it was a spiritual breakthrough. And it's the reason why I'm bringing it here today um, because um, it was something that my mom had no idea about um, until, you know, she started talking to other Christians. Uh, and that's, again, if there's any endorsement I can give you, any recommendation is come to church regularly, come to Kingdom Living, get connected with people. Because it's when you start to share your life with other people, other people can start to see things that you can't see. And so what, <laughs> what my mom didn't know, what she didn't realize was that she had been under the influence of the demonic. She had been under the influence of witchcraft. So growing up, she was raised Catholic, but it was, you know, sort of a nominal sort of relationship. Um, and, you know, she had 
a couple ants that had were like into Ouija board type stuff and tarot cards and she had an aunt that also could like would know when people would die she would do like get like a prophetic word like oh like there's like and she said she could see like a dark cloud and that was like a signal oh someone just died it's this person that's not the kind of words of knowledge that come from the lord and that kind of thing right um and so she would know that um and so weirdly enough her uncle uh, died uh he committed suicide and when she was also uh, two years old. And when her parents dropped her off at the funeral <laughs> uh, to, to go to the, you know, the uncle, um, she had her very first asthma attack. And she had asthma for the rest of her life. And so, um, you know, fast forward a little bit. My mom's an adult. Um, she, you know, gives her life to Jesus. She's saved, but she's like a, baby Christian. Um, she actually, you know, accidentally sort of like befriended a psychic um, who also, you know, gave like words of knowledge that were accurate, um, but she, you know, it was a friendship uh, that they had. And so it was something that, again, there was this, this influence. And so she maybe told me maybe a couple years ago when, uh, and she never had this as a problem before, but when she was pregnant with me, she actually started having suicidal thoughts and like thoughts of like death and like just, you know, these thoughts that were bombarding her. And then after I was born, she said she started just feeling this like, um, this feeling of like someone's watching her, something like in the shadows. And, and you know, she just, there's just fear. <laughs> uh, there's fear. There was a spirit of death uh, that was everywhere. Uh, in fact, they, had, they were living in a, uh, a, a duplex, I think it was, uh, and someone tried to break into the house. And she literally was like holding the door um, so that the person couldn't get in uh, because it was, you know, and, I, you know, I felt like it was almost like a spiritual symbol of like what was happening in the natural and was you know happening in the spiritual like there was a spirit that was trying to to destroy her life to destroy my life now <laughs> she starts sharing these things in like a home group setting and they're like you need to renounce that <laughs> you need to renounce that now and she's like oh okay and so she she renounced it and you know cut off um, all the ties that she had uh, to those friends, those aunts, uh, and she said right after that, she never had any more thought, suicidal thoughts. After that, she never like had that presence of something like watching her. Um, and she says at that moment, that's also when my health started to get better. After that, I never had any, I still had like a couple times where like we went to the hospital like as a precautionary, but it was never like, oh, he's going to die. Like we better, you know, start making arrangements kind of thing. Um, and so there was a huge shift that happened. Uh, and so <laughs> now here's the thing is um, growing up, I felt that fear. I had no idea. I had no idea why I was feeling that like sense of fear. I, I honestly, even when I wasn't choking or wheezing or whatever, I still just had this feeling of something's just 
pushing me. Now, a weird thing is um, I did play sports. That's not the weird thing. Uh, I played all the sports. I played soccer. I played basketball. I, I, I ran track. Um, I, I played basketball. And the weird, the weird thing is that I, uh, I like watched this video of me playing basketball, which was the worst mistake of my life. <laughs> because I ran so weird. Oh my gosh. I was like, who is that guy? Like, who's that dork right there? Oh no, that's me. Oh no. <laughs> who runs like that? And it looked like, like I had like rubber bands like on my legs. It was like, it was the weirdest thing. And I was like, what is going? on and it was just this uncon like I actually like after that like I'm gonna run and I'm gonna like retrain myself to like run normal <laughs> um, and so it seemed weird at first but it actually that was normal um, but it was it was weird because it was almost like something literally was just trying to crush me something was just pushing up against my body because something in the spirit actually was. And so it wasn't until, uh, now here's the, f the thing with soccer was that I was the slowest kid, as you could probably imagine, like sick asthma kid, um, you know, runs with, you know, I don't know, like a, <laughs> with little rubber bands on his legs. Uh, you're not going to be overtaking too many strikers with, uh, with that um, recipe. But when I was 12, um, I, I was already Christian, but I just knelt down. I was like, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And it was a simple, innocent prayer. And I've, I've shared with some of you before from the stage. Um, now it's kind of in a different context. But uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit fall on me. And I just felt this heat and this, like, just this goodness and this peace that I never felt before. I mean, I just had known fear as just normal um, in my life. And when I started to feel that, it just suddenly was like, wow. And I heard Jesus say, like, I love you, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> and weirdly enough, I had this confidence that, man, I can eat anything. I can, I can do anything. All right. Like, I remember I was, like, crying, but out of joy. I was like, yes. And I've, maybe it was a coincidence, but probably not. I'm not joking with you. I went from being the slowest kid on the soccer team to the fastest kid. I'm not even kidding with you on that. <laughs> I still ran kind of weird. Uh, you know, like I said, you got to make breakthroughs sometimes, right? Um, but, and then one day, um, I decided, because I was allergic to peanuts, that was, you know, on the list too, naturally, right? And um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat some peanuts. Now, I will say... I don't recommend doing it that way. You can do like a blood test or whatever, and that's probably safer. But I was like, man, well, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And nothing happened. I'm like, and I told my mom, I was like, hey, like I ate like some peanuts and like nothing happened. And she's like, oh, okay. And, and she's like, but don't eat anything else. Like, <laughs> so we got like a blood test done. Um, wasn't doing a prick test ever again, that's for sure. And uh, they, all the results came back and they're like, yeah, like, you've got nothing. Like, you have no allergies. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And it's wild because uh, even when I was in uh, college biology, I was telling my professor, because she also was a, a scientist, and I was explaining to her, she's like, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, it is. Like, 
I'm here to tell you, like, that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> and, and she's like, but no, like, that's like to go like from so extreme to absolutely nothing. I mean, uh, to be fair, like I have met people who've like had had some like allergies and maybe they've they've lessened, um, but to go from absolutely nothing or everything and then to nothing, uh, because yeah, I can drink all the milk I want. I mean, I make lattes, right? <laughs> well, how funny is that? I'm making <laughs> I'm making literally drinks that are just full of dairy. Um, <laughs> eat three eggs, two eggs all the time. Um, and uh, I mean, it's something where, I mean, I don't, I don't even have seasonal allergies. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still get sick. Uh, and I'm not saying this to brag, because uh, I know this is obviously a controversial topic, but I just think it's kind of cool that the sick kid, the kid that was always sick, I have not gotten COVID. I've been exposed to COVID numerous times. I have been tested tons of times, but I have never gotten COVID. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I think, I don't know, there's an angel that's like, yeah, like, this is just, we're just going to have some fun with this, with this guy. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how that all works, but, um, but I was just, you know, putting those two together, and I'm like, and that's just really funny how God works. Um, and so, the thing about fear is that, <laughs> it can come back. And so one of the things um, that I had also as a kid was I would get um, stomach ulcers. Um, and like I would, I mean, I, I don't want to be graphic here, but it's, it's kind of scary, but like past blood, you know? Um, and you know, for my mom, she found that out, like finding me in like a bloody gown uh, at the hospital. And so, um, that was something that, you know, I didn't know about at all. I don't remember that as a kid. Um, but in my 20s, I had some setbacks uh, in my life. And I, I'll be honest, like, I felt like maybe God had let me down. And I was just felt this, um, I was alone. I felt like I was alone. And, all, like, I, I started just feeling every single day just this anxiety come over me. And the stress come over me. And again, I remember I was looking back and I was looking at some like poems that I wrote and they were dark. <laughs> but it again was this feeling of like this choking and like I can't, can't do anything. And um, I mean, I was really um, starting to have problems again with ulcers. I was passing blood and I was freaking out. I was, I was Googling it and I'm like, oh no, like, all the, all the results are really bad, <laughs> and I probably should have saw a doctor. I don't recommend that. Um, but I prayed, and the Lord's like, you need to start writing. And I was like, writing? And he's like, yeah. And I remembered a prophet had told, told me that you need to start writing every day. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I'll do that. And uh, so I started, I started writing, and it was terrifying. Uh, I, I've, you know, I don't have a major fear of public speaking, praise the Lord, but a white open page ready to write 
terrified me. And I remember like, I remember the day where I was like, I am going to write whether I like it or not. <laughs> and, and I remember just like writing a sentence and just like, oh, it felt like I was about to have a mental breakdown. Like it was just like, that was the, you know, <laughs> you know, you write it, delete, write it, delete, write it, delete. You know, if, if you're a writer, you, you know, you experience this probably, you know, from time to time. Um, but this was kind of my first sort of uh, approach into that. And eventually, like, I just, I started doing it a little bit more each day. And the Lord put this story on my heart. And in the story, there was a character that represented God. And then there was a character that represented me. And this was kind of my way <laughs> for me and God to work stuff out. I don't know. I felt like I, I, I don't know why, but it, a story for, was the way that the Lord wanted to speak to me. And so I started writing this story, and every day I would be having this conversation with God. And I don't know, maybe it was because, you know, I'm writing it, and it's in real time, and it, you know, you have a back and forth, and it just started to become more and more real uh, every, every single day. And then after three months, and this had been going on for a couple years, um, these ulcer things, um, after three months, um, it completely went away. Completely went away. And the, the story, um, the character, um, the Holy Spirit woke me up one morning. And it's like the character's going to be named Josiah. And I woke up I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know what that means. And so after I was healed, I was like, man, I wonder if there's any <laughs> meaning behind this name. And uh, I, looked at, I looked it up. And I flipped out when I saw it. <laughs> Josiah means God who supports me and the God who heals me. <laughs> God speaks. <laughs> God speaks. And so here's like kind of the three things that I would say I've learned in, in my life um, when it comes to resisting the enemy. You have to know the truth. How do you know the truth? You read the Bible. You come to church. You hear the word. You surround yourself in community <laughs> so they can speak to you uh, and give you maybe a, you know, a different perspective that maybe you aren't used to seeing. You have to experience the truth in prayer. So in those months, what I didn't realize I was doing was I was thinking about God's goodness. I was thinking about God's goodness. I was talking about all the issues I was having, but then, you know, in the story, like, God's goodness prevails. <laughs> but I was meditating on it. I didn't realize it, but I was meditating upon it. And in that prayer, it started to be, like, actually align my life. It started to physically move things. The, the spirit of death, the kingdom of darkness, moves through the door of fear. When we have, like, when we partner with fear and shame and anger, these open doors um, to the enemy. And the last thing is you have to declare the truth. <laughs> you have to declare it. You have to declare it. My parents, um, they were kind of like, yeah, like, I didn't know at the time. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, kids, like, they grow up and, and they get better, you know? Like, you know, it's a lot of times, like, when they go through puberty, like, they'll, they'll, they'll physically get better and they'll grow out of it. I'm like, oh, cool, all right, sweet. Well, I looked it up later, and that's like, that's pretty 
pretty rare. Um, but I didn't know that. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to get better when I get older. I want to get better when I get older. And I remember like saying that. Uh, I remember just early on, um, my other earliest memory is being in the house of God and worshiping and feeling the presence of the Lord around me and declaring God's goodness in worship songs. Something that was also interesting is that the Holy Spirit uh, gave my mom, kind of during a quiet moment um, when she was younger, what she was going to name me, which is Vincent. Uh, and that means conqueror. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and if my mom's listening, I don't know if she's like on the live stream, but I just want to say thank you so much, mom, um, that you are an amazing mom, you are a successful mom. And the doctors were wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much for being faithful. Um, also, I feel like um, right now, I feel that there is something on that um, with mothers who maybe feel who are struggling with inadequacy and maybe struggling with shame, maybe with how they're like they're raising their kids. Um, and I just feel like God wants to just break that off. Um, so if you're a mom, I know this is kind of courageous, um, but do you mind just like standing up? Like if you've like just felt like some sort of like shame or like you're, you know, you feel like it's just, you're not enough. Yeah. If you're just around them, if you could just like lay your, your hands on them, guys. Yeah. So right now I just break off all shame in the name of Jesus. You are warriors. You are queens. The enemy of darkness has come against you, but you will prevail. You will prevail. You will conquer. You are not a mistake. <laughs> you are not a mistake. You have been entrusted with something, and you will prevail. You will prevail. So all fear, shame, reports of the enemy, we break off in Jesus' name. Now, I also want to pray <laughs> if you're somebody who has had severe asthma or severe allergies uh, or maybe, you know, issues with breathing, uh, if you could stand up. All right, if you guys could find them and lay your hands on them, we're just going to break that off right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We speak, we speak to the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. Get out! Lungs, open up. Hormones, align. Throats, open up. I speak against any witchcraft that has been an influence at any point or any soul ties. I rebuke that in Jesus' name.
1 John 3, 8, for this reason, the Son of God came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. Are we coming into alignment with your promise, with your word, to destroy the works of the devil? Chioma, I, I didn't see you earlier. This morning in prayer, I saw you running. I saw you running. I saw you putting on sneakers <laughs> and coaching some kids up on how to run properly. <laughs> Better than me. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> but yeah. I declare that that word will come to pass by the power of Jesus. Not my power, but the power of Jesus. His love conquers all things. His love conquers all things. His love conquers all things. to close this out in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the healings that are happening in this room. The healings that are going to be happening when people step out of the room. I pray, God. <laughs> we are all stepping into a deeper revelation of your goodness. <laughs> I bless everyone here this week <laughs> with a deeper revelation of the goodness of God and his love and how it conquers all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.